So good morning, everyone. Uh, oh, <laughs> thank you. That's, that's nice to hear. She said, good morning, Brian. Uh, I am Brian Stewart. I, uh, I am not the pastor. So for any of you who may be here for the first time, uh, I'm, not, I'm not the pastor. Uh, pastor Andy Smith is out of town, but uh, if you get an opportunity, we certainly would like for you to come back and to hear him. But uh, So I will be speaking this morning. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, so we believe that we, that we have a, a good word this morning, and we pray that we have a good word that will bless you and encourage you uh, for coming and, and, and better equip you as you lead. And so we've been in the book of Acts, as you know, and today, uh, this week, you'll be reading, I believe, uh, uh, Acts 17 through 21, Acts 17 through 21. And so that is what we're going to be dealing with uh, today. Um, as I was talking to Pastor Andy, we were talking, and he said, man, he goes, there's so much, so, so many good nuggets in those chapters, you know. And I said, yeah, I know, it's kind of hard to, you know, but... Uh, you know, I, I could read those verses or those chapters now, and, 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 and the Lord would give me something, and, and I guarantee you I could read them next year, and he would give me something else. So the word is just so awesome, and it's inexhaustible, and God is always feeding us and giving us things that we can live by and things that will progress us to a greater walk, to a greater faith in him. And so but we're going to be dealing with uh, Acts 17 through 21, and, and, and this is uh, considered, Acts 17 through 21, as you read that in, uh, this week, is considered Paul's third missionary journey, his third missionary journey. And so, obviously, it means he had one, two, three missionary journeys, and where he had gone and first, and, uh, first planted churches in the different regions and providences, um, he had established churches, and now in this third missionary journey, he is going back. He's revisiting some of these places, and sometimes he's had to go to places where there is maybe some confusion or some questions or things going on, but he's going back to visit them to see how they're doing and how they're progressing in their new faith, in their new walk. And so in this third missionary journey, it is also at the, somewhere at the end of this journey in uh, chapter 21, is where Paul uh, is in prison, and it is in uh, prison where he writes many, many of his epistles or letters um, uh, regarding the Word of God that come after the book of Acts in terms of the Bible chronologically, which would be Romans and, uh, you know, and so Romans following in that, and then First and Second Corinthians and Galatians and Ephesians, and you've got Philippians, Colossians, uh, you know, you've got what, First and Second Thessalonians, uh, First and Second Timothy, uh, then you've got Titus, Philemon, and Hebrews uh, uh, is most, by most theologians, is attributed to Paul, if not all of it, at least some of it, based on some of the writing that is in the book of Hebrews. And so those letters or those books in the Bible were written by Paul in many instances where he was imprisoned. He is in prison and wrote these letters. And so, so as I said, you know, there's so many rich nuggets throughout these, cha this, these, uh, these chapters, 17 to 21, but I found um, three things, three foundational truths that I believe, uh, again, are foundational. Uh, 
And so uh, that's what I want to talk about today, these three foundational truths, uh, the foundation of inclusion, uh, foundation of baptism, and then the foundation that I believe is the, the, the call or the ministry for every believer. And so towards the end of this message, we'll bring in the application. Uh, and sometimes I know we're reading this and we're trying to apply the scripture and get some, you know, uh, something that really relates to us that we can take with us. And so I think that's where it's going to help us to take with us as we leave today that, that third foundational principle, which is the, 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 the call to every believer or the ministry to every believer. And I believe uh, you're going to see what, I, um, what I'm talking about there. So, again, the foundation of inclusion. Um, we're going to look at um, chapter uh, 17, and, and, and Max did a great job. Uh, I guess he's gone now, but he did a great job, and uh, he actually read... That, that scripture that he read was of the basis of my first, what I consider my, the foundational truth of inclusion. And so we're going to read some of that in, in, again in chapter 17, verse 20, beginning at verse 24 through 27. And I think they have that. They do. So you can read along with us. But in verse 24, it says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord. The Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everyone else and everything else. For one man made, all, made he all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far away from any, of us, any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. For in him we live and move and have our being. I think this is the foundational truth that we must understand as believers, as, as human beings, that from one man he created all of us. And I think it's very, very uh, uh, time. The timing is great because we're living in the time now, particularly in this country, where uh, we're so divided. We're so divided. And I, I think more than ever before. And I think it's, it's so fitting that today we would deal with this foundational truth of inclusion. That we all came from one man okay, and one God. Okay? Doesn't matter what you look like. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you believe, what your profession or your walk is, what, what job you hold, uh, how, how much money you have. The truth of the matter is, we all came from one man, one father, and one God, okay? Because today we have so much division, you know, and I know sometimes we, you know, we don't like to talk about it because, you know, we don't want to get into it, but these are things that we have. Foundational truth is important. Foundation is important because foundation is what you build upon, it is the basis of what you build everything else on. And if I don't have foundation, then, then I'm all over the place. 
in terms of my walk, my belief, my direction. And so it's important to understand foundation. Uh, you know, we got Democrats, we got Republicans, we, 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 got, uh, we got black, we got white, we got Asian, Hispanic, uh, we got uh, conservative, we, we got, all, we're all over the place. And I know sometimes when we say these things, we, we think about just the world, but this is, in the, this is in, in, in the whole aspect of believers too. Amen, somebody. It ain't, it's not just out there. This is where we are. But when we come back to the foundational truth that we all come from one man, Adam. God created one man, and from that one man, he made all the nations. And he established their boundaries and their times. Okay? He included everyone. Okay? Because he created everyone. And so this foundational truth of inclusion is important. And he says, if they would understand this, if they would get this, if they would grasp this, that they all come from the same place, the same God, perhaps they might seek after me. Because they'll understand that their, their sufficiency, their life, their hope resides in me. That, 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 that universal truth hopefully would draw us back to him. And that was the whole purpose, that perhaps we would seek after him. And the truth of the matter is, as he says, he's not far from any of us because it's in him we do what? Live, move, and have our being. So in other words, without him, I can do nothing. The very breath that I breathe is his. The reason I woke up this morning is because of him. So th this foundational truth is to lead me back to him, to cause me to seek after him. As Paul says in th this way, he says, I, in, he says, I am not sufficient in myself because in me resides no sufficiency, but all my sufficiency lies in God. It's in him. And so this, this um, foundational truth of inclusion and then, as we know, Paul talks about his ministry, uh, for the most part, was to the Gentile. Because Peter and the other apostles, they were to the Jew. And we know the, 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 the gospel came to the Jew first. But we can always, you know, and there's a purpose for all of that. And, and again, remember the foundation. From one man created he all, all of the nations. And so, but there was a purpose for even that. But Paul's ministry was to the Jew. I mean, I'm sorry, to the Gentile, most, for the most part. And so, but even in that, Paul never dismisses or neglects the Jew in his ministry to the Gentile. He always includes them together. He brings them in together. And, uh, and that's important for us also to understand. There is a scripture, um, 21... I think chapter 21 and 19, if they'll put that up. Um, uh, yes. Paul says this. He says, Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And so here he establishes that his ministry was to the Gentile. Now, 
Who in here is Gentile? Say that louder. All of you. Everybody. We're all Gentiles, right? <laughs> I'm, glad you, I'm glad we can say that. We're all, that's, that's, that's commonality. That, that should bring some sense of unity. Even before conversion, even before conversion, we have unity. We're all Gentiles. I just heard you guys say it. You all raise your hand, right? Inclusion. That's, that is the mindset and the will of God. We're all Gentiles. And so Paul's ministry is directly to us in terms of his, these missionary journeys he went on. He was teaching and, 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 and sharing the gospel with Gentile nations, non-Jewish nations, which we all are. And so without his ministry, you know, we, I don't know where we'd be sitting this morning. But, but that's important to understand. But then look at uh, in 19 and, and 10, if they'll put that up, in chapters 19 and 10, he says this. He says this went on for two years. This is where Paul is on his missionary journey, and he's going back and revisiting some of these places. He says this went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks, Greek, same as Gentile, who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. So there it shows you that he's, he's, pulling, he's bringing them in together. He's not, even though the ministry, the gospel was to the Jew first in terms of time, okay, in God's time, but he's saying he's, he, he's delivering this word to both sets and he draws them together. He does not dismiss one or neglect the other, but he draws them in together. And so this foundation of inclusion, I want you to remember that. Again, foundation is the basis of everything you stand on. And so when you're talking about, you know, life and the world and all of that, remember, this is the foundation. This is the foundation, okay? And so Important to understand. And then there's a, the, the foundation I, I, I wanted to share. There's a very, uh, again, there's so many nuggets as, uh, throughout these uh, chapters in 17 through 21 um, that uh, there's so, so many rich things that uh, I could, you know, talk about. But the foundation of baptism is so important, and, and we all know this, but it's so important. But there's one of the greatest illustrations of that, I think, that is found through these chapters, and that's in chapters 19, chapter 19, verses 1 through 5, the foundation and the emphasis of baptism. And so I wanted to talk about that also as one of these three foundational truths. Uh, in the book, uh, in, in chapter 19, verse 1, uh, and, and let me just share this. I, I, I like this because I kind of feel like, uh, you know, I love teaching, you know, uh, and so I feel like that's kind of what I feel more like today. You know, usually when you're preaching, for, for preachers, they'll understand what I'm saying. When you're preaching, you know, usually you want to give some foundational truth. You want to lay down some, you know, uh, uh, some, some, some rock-solid uh, uh, foundation. But then you also want to uh, inspire and motivate and lift up, you know, people of God. You want, you, want, you want them to be excited, you know, 
if you didn't know that, that's what preachers, you know, we, we. So that's why when we're looking out, you know, we're looking at people and they're looking at us like, you know, <laughs> a deer in, in deer in the headlights. You're like, my God, am I saying the right thing? Or, you know, <laughs> what's going on? But that's why, that's why, because part of preaching, you know, proclaiming the good news is a part of that, you know, that, that excitement and, and lifting you up and, uh, you know, because we are people, emotional creatures. You know, I know sometimes we're, because we are spiritual too, we sometimes put, uh, you know, all the emphasis on, on spiritual, but we are emotional creatures. And so if, if I can get you, if I can lay down some foundation, but then I can touch your emotions, I got you now, okay? So, so that's just a little something, you know. Don't tell pastor, I t well, that's recording, ain't it? That's, uh, but that's, that's, what, that's what preaching, that's what, that's, that's what we do. And that, not, nothing wrong with that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a good thing, but that's what we do. But I, I feel today more in terms of, because the way we're delivering these, these, uh, these sermons, I feel more in terms of teaching because I love teaching, you know. I can take it my time a little bit, and I can just talk to you, you know. And, uh, and uh, if I, if I would've, was in another setting, you know, uh, I, you know, it might be a little different. Uh, can I get a witness? <laughs> so, so, but, but, you know, it, it, just wanted to share that with you. But in 19, we want to talk about the foundation of baptism because it's, it's so important and so rich. And so in 19 verses 1 through 5, he says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you, when, when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one who came, who's coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay? So a foundational truth, principle, emphasis here on baptism. It's important to understand that what had happened before this Apollos, who was a Jew who was speaking about uh, the word of God and was eloquent and was well-learned. Remember, I think Andy talked about it a few weeks ago, uh, but he was one who, who only knew the baptism of repentance. He didn't know about the grace uh, of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection. And so Aquila and Priscilla, a husband and wife team in the ministry, they pulled him aside. This is what happened in chapter 18. Pulled him aside, and it says they expounded unto him the gospel more correctly or more clearly. And so these apparently are probably uh, these individuals that uh, Paul runs into or disciples or followers or students of Apollos. Okay? And so Paul, this is why Paul asked them. It's, it's important if you look in as you study this. Again, the foundation of baptism. He asked them, uh, 
have they received the Holy Spirit since they believe? Now, he refers to them as believers because for whatever, for whatever reason, we don't know what was said or what have you, but he believes they are, are believers. But they have limited knowledge because obviously they have not heard about the gospel. Okay? And so all they know is the baptism of John. But he finds out that truth and he bases that truth on baptism. He bases on baptism. So because baptism, I, I, me personally, I believe, is, it, it, den it, it denotes what you believe, who you believe in, and, and who you're following. I, I believe it is your expression of faith. Okay? It is your expression of faith. Why do I say that? I believe that... Uh, uh, Faith begins in here and here. But in the Christian experience, it is expressed in baptism. Because in baptism is where I am saying that I believe in what I have heard, in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I'm expressing what I believe. That is why if you go through the book of Acts, you'll read all through the book of Acts, you'll see when they heard the word, they were baptized. Upon hearing the word, their response to hearing the word was baptism. Because now I am denoting, I am confessing what I believe and who I believe in and who I'm following. And so that's why he asked them, if you've not heard about the Holy Spirit, then how were you baptized? Because the baptism of repentance, which is what John's calling was, it was a repentance to prepare them for the coming of Christ. But repentance was to say that, that repentance was based upon who I am, a sinner, okay, and what I have done, okay? Whereas the baptism in Jesus Christ is to say, it's about what he has done and who he says I am. Amen. And so that's important to understand that, that baptism. So he, he shares with them. And it's also a great teaching uh, because, I, I, you know, Andy talks about a lot of time from the, the, the tra tradition we came from. And, and we both come from the same traditions and the same culture, church-wise. And so it's a great teaching uh, on witnessing, how you witness with someone. You know, he, he approached them, first of all, with wisdom and grace because he considered them believers. Obviously, they had talked, and whatever they said to him, he considered they, they were believers. They just didn't have the, 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 the full the full story or the full uh, the complete information as it pertains to believing because they hadn't heard the gospel. Okay? And so it's important as Paul deals with these individuals with grace and wisdom in witnessing, you can learn something from this because I, I have. You can learn from it how you witness to people. He never said anything. Notice this. He never said anything negative or took away from anything that they believed, or denounced anything they believed. He only added to it. He added to it. 
And that's important to understand in your witnessing uh, and, and your walk with the Lord is that when you're talking to people that you use that, that grace and that wisdom. And so baptism, I believe, again, it, it's the expression, expression of your faith. Okay? Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing how? By the word. Okay? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except he be sent? And so when they heard the word, I believe it, I believe in the work of Christ, right? And so now I express it in baptism. It's a foundational truth. It's a foundational principle, okay? And foundation, and that's why I say when I talk about foundation, these foundations that I'm talking about, they never change. Foundation doesn't change. You have foundation, you build onto it. You don't make another foundation. So that's why foundation is so important, okay, so important. The third principle, or the third foundation, uh, is, is, is dealing with what I think ties uh, these particular, and as again, when I talk about this, chapter 17 to 21, and how do we apply you know, Paul, Paul is, you know, a great man. Uh, he is the epitome of spirituality as we talk about, you know, uh, men of God. And, and many, we've got Paul in songs and, and, and many times as preachers we say, oh, you know, I love to preach like Paul, you know, and uh, that, that's something that you aspire to do. And so uh, when, I was, when I was coming into uh, the faith and... Uh, I wanted to be like Paul, you know? I, I wanted to be like Paul. You know, I, I thought Paul was just awesome. And, and a lot of times I said that because, you know, they obviously, ultimately, now I'll get to that, I'll, I'll, I'll say that for later. But, but I wanted to be like Paul because I, I, I looked at him more in terms of, you know, me, human, you know, just a person, a man, and so forth, and, and being called into the gospel uh, ministry. And so I wanted to be like Paul, but I only looked at Paul's one part of his resume. You know, great speaker, great knowledge, great wisdom, laying hands on folks, and Paul laying on people, and they being brought back to life, and they even took parts of his clothing and, 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 and gave it to the sick and people were healed just from parts of his clothing. I said, man, I want to be like Paul. Man, that's, that's what, I want to be like Paul, you know? And, and so that's what I aspired to be. I said, man, he's a bad man. I was like, man, Paul is the stuff, you know? You know what I'm saying? I, hey, that, I wanted to be like Paul, but I was only looking at one aspect of his resume. It's like when you're looking at, and I've been an athlete, you know, I should say I was an athlete. I think that, that time has passed now. Uh, everybody asked me that. I said, no, it's over. It's over. But, uh, but in, 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 in growing in that, being an athlete, you always want to, you look at individuals you want to aspire to emulate and be like. But one thing you got to remember when you're trying to aspire to be like them, 
You, first of all, you got to know what it took to get to where they are. Because we always, we see the, the glory, as they say, but we don't know the story. So it's about are you willing to go through <laughs> the story to be like that? That's what it's about. So I wanted to be like Paul, but I was only looking at the glory, you know. I hadn't looked at the whole resume of Paul. So I just want to read that to you. It's not going to be up on, on the board, uh, on the screen, but because I, I just wanted to read. It's in 2 Corinthians, yeah, 2 Corinthians 11, and it's verse uh, 23. It's a little, but it's a little, I'm going to read a little bit. I'm going to read, but I'll read through it pretty quickly. But I want you just to listen. Again, it's not, it won't be up on the screen for you to see it, but if you have your Bibles or your phones, you can, you can turn to that. But I want you to listen to this resume. Because <laughs> it wasn't all about, you know, the glory, laying hands on folks and lifting, you know, casting out demons. There's, there's, some, there's a other part of the resume. But listen to this side of the resume. He says, and I'm, I'll begin at verse 23. And he's responding here, okay, to the Corinthian church because they, he, he has planted the Corinthian church. He's established them, and now they're giving him less respect than they're giving other, these other individuals and personalities in the gospel. So this is how Paul responds to them. He says, are they servants of Christ? He says, I am out of my mind to talk like this. He says, I am more. He said, I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently. I wasn't thinking about that now. Now, I worked in prison for 30 years, but I wasn't incarcerated, okay? Let's make that clear. I, was a, I, was a, I wasn't an employee. I was a counselor for 30 years. I was not incarcerated. That's a little joke we, we tell on the job when they, they guy that I work with, he introduces me. He tells them that I, was, I did 30 years in prison. So these customers, it's funny because they don't know how to respond. They, they're trying, they want to be nice, you know, but they're like, oh, okay. I'm, in the car, I'm in this car with this guy that just got out of prison, you know. And we're cracking up, you know, we're just like, oh, man. And so finally we have to tell him, no, he, he actually was a counselor for 30 years. He, didn't, he wasn't incarcerated. And then, oh, okay, it was, it's okay. It's, I'm like, yeah, right, I saw you. I like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so he says in, in prison more frequently in prison more frequently he said been flogged more, more severely you know what flogged is just beat, beat okay flogged more free, frequently and been exposed to death again and again five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one I want to be like Paul Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. Mm. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers, Shall I go on? <laughs> I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst. I, I, I got to throw this little tidbit in there. It, it's funny because when I read that, 
when I was younger growing up, you know, I guess probably like from elementary, junior high, even through high school, I remember coming home all the time and I'd come home after practice or whatever, like, Mom, is there food ready? <laughs> I'm starving. <laughs> I'm starving. And she said, Brian, you are not starving. <laughs> You are not starving. So, you know, there's a difference of what Paul is talking about. Than just, you know what I mean? Just being hungry. I've never really gone without a meal. I mean, there might be some people in the room who have. I, and I'm, what I mean by that is in terms of where I didn't know where my meal, next meal was coming from. I've never been there by the grace of God. You know, I've, I've fasted, you know. But actually going without a meal not even knowing where my next meal was, I, I've never been there. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. But this is what Paul is talking about. He says, uh, I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have, I have been known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides uh, everything else, Paul just me without he, no clothes now. He didn't have the, you, you know, isn't that amazing? We, you know, how, and this is what we ought to be considered and compassionate about other countries and that we got plenty clothes plenty clothes you know we don't really have you know what I'm saying but we get stressed out sometimes because we don't have something new you know but these are things Paul is talking about that you know were a reality it wasn't about pleasure that's where I, well I'll, I'll leave that alone uh, he says besides everything else I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches he says, who is weak, and I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin, and I do not inwardly burn. So here's Paul's resume, his part, uh, the other part of his resume. You know, we know that Christian talked about, you know, I said at the feet of like Emilio and one, you know, and all of that. But this is the other part of his resume. And so as I'm looking at and reading these verses, we got to bring it home in terms of application and bring, make it current, how does it apply to me? Me, individually. How does all Paul's third missionary journey, what's all that mean for me? We, we know the foundation of truth, of inclusion. We know the foundation of truth of baptism to believers. But how does his, all this stuff that Paul did, how does it apply to me? And since I was trying and wanting to be like Paul, got to make it sense, make sense to me. And how does it relate to me? And so, as I was, I was reading, I, 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 I found this in Acts, the 20th, the 20th uh, chapter. And uh, they do have that on the screen, I'm sure. But this is the third foundational truth that I found in this. And that is what I believe is the, the universal call and ministry to each one of us. We all, we all have the same calling, just in a different degree, than Paul. He's ministering, he's in Berea, he's in Corinth, he's in Ephesus, he's going to all these, Troas, he's Rome. It, we have the same ministry as Paul. Same ministry, just in a different degree, or maybe lesser degree. Okay, but look at what it says in Acts 20 and 24. Where is it at? Okay, he says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. This is Paul. 
He says, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. That's it right there. That's it. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Every single one of you in here who are believers, that's the task. You have the same task. I have the same task. Paul says uh, in, in Corinthians, in, a, in, a, in another part of the Bible, he says, uh, you know, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God. He says, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not counting our trespasses against us, and has committed unto us the ministry or the word of reconciliation. So then we are all, what, ambassadors for Christ. That's the foundational truth and the foundational call to every believer in Christ is to testify to the good news of the gospel. You may not have to go all the way across the seas or uh, you may not even have to go to Indianapolis, which is our way. It might just be right down the street or on your job or in the school might be right next, it might be in your home. But we all have that universal call to min the ministry of reconcilia reconciliation, which is what bringing people in to the faith of Jesus Christ. That's to all of us. So when I was trying to be like Paul, I was looking at all the other stuff and missing the very simplicity of what that really means. And so when you read this this week, and all that Paul did in his, his journeys, these three missionary journeys, that's the application. Okay? That's the takeaway, at least for me, is that in, in looking at what Paul did in his life and applying it to mine, I understand that, that that is the call. That is the task. I, I, you may, as we know, you may not have to get up behind this pool ever behind this pulpit up here on this podium. But you still have the task to testify to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the call. That is the call to be. If I want to be like Paul, that's 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 the call. That's the foundational truth that affects all of us, all of us in this place. And so I want to leave that with you. Again, those three foundational truths as you read this week. Inclusion, we are all from one man, from one God. So all the noise, remember that foundational truth. All the noise you hear in the world, remember that foundational truth. Inclusion. The foundation of baptism, who do I follow? What do I believe? Okay? Foundation of baptism. And the foundation to testify to the goodness, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's to all of us. That's to all of us. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to go.
<laughs> we are grateful for that word. There's a scripture in the book of Galatians that says in Galatians chapter 6, verse number 6, Paul is actually the one writing this letter to the Galatians, and he talks about instruction. He had preached for many years and traveled all over the world doing that. But he's making, he's drawing a difference between preaching and teaching and how we should value teaching. Preaching is just declaring. The good thing, and this is don't be long-winded 101. You don't want to be a long-winded preacher, then just declare it. Don't try to prove it. Preaching is declaring, and we're all called to do that, to declare people, to declare to people not theology, just the testimony of who Christ is. But the blessing of having a teacher, you have time to prove what you're saying. You do more than just declare your testimony. And I think this is a time where we need to be taught and preached to. Um, he said in Galatians 6 and 6, because of that, those of you that are taught by somebody, every good thing that you have, you should share it with them. Because it's a blessing to be taught. I believe in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody else? I believe in the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's where I struggle in this time as a pastor is I don't believe that with God's grace and mercy and with the freedom and the freeness of salvation, I do not believe that discipleship is free. It costs to really follow Christ. Now, he saved all of us, and we should be glad about that. But on to perfection. And that's what I hear. We're all in, there's one culture in here. I'm not a person, I believe that if there's a person that has a culture, they should enjoy it, we should embrace it, and we should love them. I don't have to be blind to your culture to love you. So enjoy your culture. What I believe Brian is saying about inclusion is, we cannot begin and end with our politics, our culture, and who we are personally. We are Christ's children first. And that's why instruction is so important because if you commit to Christ and he gives you this free salvation, the residuals of that is commit your way to the Lord. So we should, no matter where we come from, just you know, a little controversial, but just chew on it and take it home with you. No matter where we come from or where we've been, what we've seen, what we believe, what we look like, we all should sound like one voice because Christ is the foundation. Thank you for that, Brian. What I pray over you, and if you want to stand with me as we close, <sighs> we want to come to church and we want to feel the joy of the Lord. We don't want to have to worry about the left, the right, conservative, liberal, liberal politics, any of that. We just want to enjoy Jesus. Part of that is when we leave here, we go back into a very real world where we all have trials, we all have different tests, different tribulations. 
Brian, you've never been hungry. <laughs> that is a blessing. I come from a, a good family, and but I moved away when I was 18, and I'll never forget, I experienced my first time being between paychecks, and I couldn't call my father and my mother. I'm not going to tell you what I ate. It's hilarious. I'll save it for another sermon, but... <laughs> Whether you've experienced hunger, lack, or whether you have plenty, when we leave here today, all of us are going to face trials. We're going to face tests. We're going to face tribulations. The residuals of knowing the Lord is that he is with all of us. So I want to pray the, the lyrics of the song that we sang today over you. And it doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what you see. Our hope will always be his promises. We pray over everyone in this house, God. We ask that you walk with everyone in these confusing times, Lord. But if we turn to the world, they'll be more confusing. But when we turn to your word, it becomes less confusing, Lord. You've given us every way, everything that we need the richness of our inheritance as your children. You've given us everything we need to know. So we turn to you as our foundation, looking to Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. Help us all to embrace you this week, no matter what we feel or no matter what we see. Help us all to remember that when we walk out of here, we are brothers and sisters. Help us to embrace one another in fellowship this is our heritage, and this is the foundation of who we are. Help us to not preach an exclusive gospel, but an inclusive gospel. And no matter where you've been, no matter where you are, just as you saved us, you can save anyone. Help us to believe that, live in that, trust in that. And Lord, we share all good things with the teacher, the instructor today. Bless his life. Keep him Watch over him, for he's given much to us today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Have a good week. Happy Memorial Day to everyone. Spend time with your families. Love you.